Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about California games. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Aaron, have you been to California? No, I've never been to California, Boat. Uh, the closest I've been is 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 Las Vegas. Mm, That's mm. as close as I got. You've been out there a couple times. I've been I've been out there a couple times. I've seen the 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 sort of uh, sites of the L.A. Hollywood area, but I've never been to the site of California Games. You know the uh, in the footbag event, you see the Golden Gate Bridge in the background and the real pretty you know park area. I never saw any of that. So you know, I saw I saw a graphic the other day, and it said it had it had L.A. County. Uh, the county that Los Angeles is in, marked on a map. And then it had all the states in the country of the United States that had less people in them than L.A. County. And it was every place except for Illinois, Texas, and Florida, and New York. Really? It was every other place, including, like, New Jersey. And I was like, wow, that's a lot of people in that little area. Yeah, so yeah. I, doesn't mess, I don't necessarily want to go there right now. Uh, yeah, this is if you are if you are trying to social distance, I would probably recommend you not go to uh, right to on. L.A. Probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you were growing up, I mean, or even now, you know, everybody I think up. has a has a picture of California in their mind. It's sort of this. It's it's almost like a. Um, Oh, what did they call that place in over in Tibet? Like Shangri-La, you know? It's it's like this this like utopian place. What are what are some of the iconic images that pop up for you, or, or what do you think about when you think about California? Or are you just do you go all Chicago on it and say, oh yeah, you'll get shot if you go there? Well, I don't think it's Shangri-La. I can tell you that right now. Uh, but I'm talking about okay. Look at it with not a jaded eye. But like when you were a kid and you heard about California and stuff, you know? I I never. Put it on like a plateau or anything. Really? I never put it, you know, no, I never did. Don't get me wrong, because Hollywood's out there, mm-hmm. so there's that. Right. And I was always like, man, you could go see where they make movies. That'd be cool, you know. But I know as an adult, California is all in some ways. It's like New York. There's like the super cityfied parts of it, and then there's the country is all get out parts. They're mm-hmm. a lot like West Virginia, sure. You know, uh, but California's also got some other crazy. It's such a huge state that that takes up the whole, you know coast of, a, of our you know country mm-hmm. almost that it, you've got you've got snow you've got desert you've got uh everything in between and all the way so it's you know it's there's a lot going on over there is it a place i'd like to visit yeah, absolutely uh I, there's a lot of things i'd like to see there but it's not necessarily i don't know i would probably not want to go in one of the big cities mm-hmm. uh, san francisco yeah. or la i don't think i'd or you know oakland i don't i don't necessarily need to go there, I would probably just like to see the sightseer stuff that I could see without having to go into big cities. Mm-hmm. I get paranoid about that. Yeah, uh, for me, I uh, you know I was a huge Beach Boys fan growing up, and the Beach Boys are the embodiment of this Californian ideal. You know, the yeah. the, the, oh, the, yeah. the sand, the beach. You know, I, I listening to songs about riding around on dirt bikes, you know, little Honda and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
And so I've always had this idea of California in my mind. And of course, when I went there, it's, it's totally different. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, nothing lives up to your like I used to see Gidget movie. Remember Gidget, mm-hmm, Sally mm-hmm, Field? Mm-hmm. They'd have all these or all the beach party movies. You know, like look at that. Right. Everyone just out there is a uh, hot mm-hmm. and they're tanned and they're frolicking on the beach. They're having a good time. They're out there riding motorcycles in the dunes and stuff. So, but you, when you think about it like that, yeah, I can see where when you got out there, what were your impressions? I mean, when you well, got, you went to like you went to like a, one of the cities. I've right? been, well, I've been, yeah, I've been to um, you know lots of. Uh, I've been to pretty much, I'd say, almost every major city in in the country. You know, I've been to New York. I've been to Chicago. Uh, L.A. was hands down at least the part that's around like the man's Chinese theater in Hollywood, by far the skeeziest area that I've ever been. I mean, it is, it is full of pawn shops. It's full of people down on their luck. I mean, it's not as bad as Detroit. Detroit is the dirt worst in terms of the downtown area that I've been in. When I went up there to see Depeche Mode, that was no good, man. I was I was afraid. You saw um, Depeche Mode in Detroit. Yeah, Where I did. Remember the arena? It wasn't like it was. It was definitely not an arena. I can tell you that it was. A, it was a little club. It was about oh, the size of um, maybe like the Clay Center or something like that, but far, far less fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was actually just the lead singer. It was just Dave Gahan, uh, Martin yeah. Fields, or whatever his name was, who was not there. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so L.A., like, it didn't really impress me. However, L.A. is just huge, you know, and this was just like right. a little. But I will say this. This was my first time ever being out in a desert, any desert. I'd never been to a desert. And going out and uh, playing golf in the high desert, it was like 110 degrees. But since there was no humidity, you didn't feel like death like you do here because the humidity is so high. And it was so pretty because you see all the different cactuses and there were some flowers blooming and stuff like that. So that part of California I really thought was cool. And that sort of fed into that um, that fantasy in my mind. It was like, oh, at least this is part of what is cool about California. Um I would really like to live, if I could choose like any place to live, I'd like to live in Palm Springs because Palm Springs is, yeah. is is home of all this um, modern, like it's like the modern school of architecture, like the buildings are, have those flat roofs, you know? Remember that house that you were looking at in the basement last time you were over here? That little toy house that I have, they all look like those. We were talking yeah. about the house that's by the post office in the Kroger, it's like that. So yeah. I've always wanted to live in one of those houses. So... You know, Palm Springs, that's the high, high, high rent district out there. Yeah, well, I mean, it's New Beverly Hills, but... Yeah, I mean, wasn't, isn't that where, uh, wasn't Sonny Bono the, ma- the mayor of Palm Springs? That was when they hit one of his, that, he was the mayor out there for a spell. Really? Before, okay. Yeah. That was before my time. I think yeah. I, I kind of came of age around the time that Sonny had his unfortunate skiing accident. Yeah, so. well, you know me. I was a big fan of Sonny and Cher, so, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, but I, I love Sonny. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, the only time I've got to go to the desert, really, well, I went... When I was in Mexico, we went. The, that was pretty deserty mm-hmm. right there. And then, uh, uh, but it was super hot. And you did. I mean, it was. I don't know how hot it was, but it's about the hottest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's a different sort of heat. Right. It's not as stifling heat. It's more of a burning heat. I'll tell you so, another thing that fed into the California myth in my mind was when I was a kid. Just like, just like Flack. Just like probably you. I was real into skateboards for a time. Oh yeah, and of course all the skateboarding scene. You watch those old like tapes or whatever. They're they're all from California. All those guys live in California, and you just thought about man, it'd just be so cool. You're out there skateboarding all day long, living the good life. Um, there is a YouTube movie called it's called something like Dogs. Dogs is somewhere in the title. 
Reservoir Dogs. It, it's all about skateboarding in the 70s, like back before it, it got huge. And it's um, Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> I highly recommend it. It's a great documentary. Yeah, whatever it is. It's, it's Something Dogs. Check it out. YouTube. Um, something Dogs. Just type it in your search. It'll come right up. <laughs> all right. So, Aaron, let's go ahead and jump right in. We got no everythingamiga.com site updates this week, but our YouTube channel has been pretty active. So let's jump in and take a look at what's been going on on our YouTube channel this week. The YouTube channel is a mixed bag this week, just because we were talking about this before we went on the air <laughs> about our, our relative our our, our uh, playthrough exploits this week. Man, there's a ton of stuff up here, boats. So you're going to help me uh, go through some of this stuff. All right. Well, really, there's just a, there's just three things that we should talk about. Though. You're right. The, the first thing is that our uh, Amiathon mod competition uh, videos wrapped up. Uh, we had uh, you know we had uh, five six entries. Uh, so again, congratulations to uh, Neon Bang, the Amigathon mod competition winner. Congratulations to Barkbit for that. Um, you can check out all of these in their entirety, and then later we'll also be posting the full segment uh, where we're yeah. talking over them. Um, but let's talk about last week's ARG Presents, Aaron. You and Brent talk about the Acorn Electron. Yeah, uh, this was interesting. We had a good time. Uh, I actually thought both the games had some merit. Uh, Brent's game was pretty elaborate, the Palace of Magic. Mm -hmm. I played a game called Boffin or on the Acorn Electron, it's sort of known as Boffin 2, but it's it's complicated. Mm. Uh, but uh, the game is not. Uh, it's <laughs> but it's an interesting game where you uh, uh, have a guy with an umbrella, and you use the umbrella to kind of float down, and it's a very cleverly. I think it's a. I was surprised how much I liked it. But you know the the Electron to... looks very similar to the CGA palette. Well, uh, you know the Electron is sort of like I don't know if you if you actually heard the show, but I did the, listen to it, but I... The, elect I mm -hmm. the Electron is sort of like when they made the BBC Micro, they sort of made two versions. There was like the really good version that was going to go in the schools. Mm -hmm. Then there was sort of like the cut-down version for the home. And the Electron was sort of basically took over for the cut-down version for the home. So the BBC Micro and the Electron share a lot of the same elements, but the Electron sort of like the watered-down, not-as-powerful version. Yeah, what, so, what I liked about that, when you talked about it on the show, what I liked was that even though it was a cut-down version, you could add things to it to upgrade it to bring it up to the specs of the uh, of the BBC Micro if you wanted to. I wish yeah. more cut-down versions of computers would do that. That would be really cool. It's neat the way the stuff was added because it actually, you know, a lot of computers will move out to the side. Mm -hmm. You know, the Amiga does that. And, uh, the the what the the most notorious is the TI 994A and the <laughs> right. TLI where you could have a, a, a 20 foot of stuff. Even the Coco does it. But the Electron they built this thing. It kind of it plugs into the side, but it wraps around the back, mm -hmm. and it actually looks pretty good. It were it, it's a good look, and it and it it's also saved you some desk space. So yeah, I was actually pretty impressed with the Electron. It, they had a lot of uh, pretty interesting games. I mean, this is one week where I was not at a, a, a loss to. Uh, to find anything to play on it. Mm. Now, I will say, I want to pitch this because I know you're on here. This week's, and I'm excited about this one, Boat, this week's uh, ARG will be uh, taping Sunday, will be the Socrates, the VTech yes. Socrates. Now, yes. you were the person that turned us on to the Socrates back when we did the Thanks for Giving Marathon, and when it came up from the wheel, I was pretty excited about it. Brent was, uh, he held his excitement <laughs> levels in check. 
but uh, you had you had a lot of uh, uh, you had a lot of fun with this back in the old days. I did, I did. I've already written up uh, a review, uh, I saw so it. so I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to your breakdown of the Socrates because even though I have experience playing it, I know nothing of its history. Well, so. I've got an actual Socrates here in this room right now with me, and so I will be uh, showing that off on the, for the uh, folks that join us with video. It should be a good time. Awesome. Um, let's talk about. I want to talk. We talked about this briefly uh, during our uh, before the show here about the your C sixty four live stream boat. Mm-hmm. Now I want you to just kind of discuss what led you to this, and then talk about some of the games you played on this on the one you released on YouTube. Okay, so uh, this you know I I had such a frustrating time trying to get the C sixty four working with the capture card. Uh, Roshi was so kind to send a PAL C sixty four through the post. Uh, of course, I paid big bucks for the uh, for the flash cart, the same one that you have. And it's not really the flash cart as much as it is you're buying you're you're buying two separate things. You're buying the fast loader cart and the SD drive uh, uh, dealio. So anyway, I got all that stuff up and going. I couldn't get the capture card to work. And at some point, I just reached a breaking point. And I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with uh, real hardware on streams because even if everything's working perfectly, you're never going to get the graphic fidelity on the stream that 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 I was happy with. You know, even when things were working perfectly, just you, you don't get the sharpness that you do. And a lot of it is the fact that it's coming through, you know, composite or whatever. Um, but it's not only that; it's also working through the VCR of Doom, compa- you know, where it's 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 recompiling the the signal for it to be displayed on the capture card. And so I just I I I made a decision. I'm sticking to it. I'm actually going to be selling all of my flash cards. The SD drive, the Atari flash cart, everything's going on the auction block. So watch what about eBay. The NES. The NES, yep, I'm getting rid of that too. Why? You I'm just only it. I'm only going to be playing the carts that I physically own. Everything else is going to be Please emulation. Don't put this stuff up until we talk about this later. It's, so it's, I can talk you out of doing this. <laughs> because you're making another one of your patented boat rash decisions here. I can feel it. So All right, well, at we least can, give me a week until I get back from vacation. We, 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 can dis- we can discuss this later. But at any rate, I was very happy with uh, the C64. There's a program called GameBase64. C64 has historically been difficult for me to emulate. But there is a uh, basically a package where you download the front end, and it's a very simple front end. It's nothing like CoinOps or not even like GameX. It's really just like the MAME GUI, if you've ever messed around with that, um, where you load games from a menu, but everything pops up right away. The only downside is I couldn't figure out how to get Vice to save my joystick settings. So every time I loaded a new game, I had to put up, a, I had to reconfigure my stick. But other than that, uh, we played... Uh, let's see, 15 games in an hour and a half, Aaron. So we, we really ran the gambit. We played some Mr. Do. Uh, we played Kangaroo. We played a game called Kangaroo. Karate, which is like Karate Champ. Uh, Blue yeah. Max. Um, just a, a ton of different games. I would say that my favorite of all the ones that we played was a game called Drop Zone, Aaron. Have you played Drop Zone before? I don't think so. It looks a lot like Jetpack. Your little dude looks like the Jetpack dude from the Spectrum, but it's like Defender. You, uh, well, it's like Defender with a twist. Uh, instead of just rescuing your guys as they come up, uh, what as the aliens uh, try, you know, pick them up and carry them away, you actually have to pick them up in your arms 
and deposit them in a special holding cell. Um, and, and so I watched it, you play this. It looked interesting. Yeah, it's it's a really fun game, and I've heard that there is an Amiga PD title of the same name. So uh, maybe one day that will come up on this show. So if you are into the C, the C sixty four, I you know I I will say that actually having some time playing it and not just being frustrated with it not working is making me like it more. Um, I still think all the claims that it is as good of a gaming experience as the Nintendo Entertainment System are entirely unfounded. Uh, that's just not true. But it is definitely the king of the hill when it comes to the 8-bit com- home computers. I don't think that it can hold really? a hand. Oh, yeah. I mean, there I think is... this is better than the Atari. Absolutely. It is It is a much better... I mean, there just take Drop Zone, for example. The Atari just couldn't do this. There's no hardware in the Atari that could produce a game with this speed and this kind of scrolling with this fidelity. Absolutely not. Mm. Uh, the Atari will always have a special place in my heart, but I am fully willing to cede that the C64 was as good as it got on the with the 8-bit micros. You know, it's funny just to go back to our beginning of this conversation about the, uh, but you sold all your multi-carts and stuff. I, I have found uh, uh, recently, uh, in this year, that I have, I find it much easier to play stuff on original hardware, as long as it's not the Amiga, but I like the the C sixty four multi cart the, uh, the the Coco, uh, the Atari. Like it almost always works every time. Now that doesn't mean it's going to always be easy to bring it to your computer mm-hmm. with, with a capture board. I'll give you that. And, and again, I mean, like I mean, we we could talk about this for the rest of the night because I think about this stuff all the time. But like with the Atari, you've got to make sure that you've got the right version of the of the 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 disc image on there that works. And when you're using an emulator, it's just a double click doesn't work. Turn it off. Double click doesn't work. And when you're using, you've got to do a hard reset. Now, I will say, and I think that you might have heard this on the stream, the one exception to this rule is going to be the Coco, because oh, the yeah. Coco it's, is it's the, the yeah the SD card system on the Coco is rock solid. I Unless get a solid like a signal out of that. Game where you have to do a few extra steps, but right. yeah. Yeah, so the, the uh, and plus I just bought that deluxe joystick for the Coco, so Which the Coco will live great. on in it yeah. in, on oh, yeah, original thank God. hardware. Yeah, that would have sucked. Well, I understand where you're coming from, Boat. I get I was I get very frustrated about it too sometimes. That's all we got. That's uh, all we I got, man. I think that's I think that's the end of the road on those. So we'll we'll uh, uh, we'll be putting up. I believe you're gonna. St- keep putting up stuff from the Amigathon mm-hmm. as we go too, right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, Aaron. Well, you know what it's time for. Brace yourself. That's right, man. The uh, gamble train has rolled in. The gamble train is heavily laden, Aaron. Is it? It is heavily, heavily laden. Heavily I'm pregnant to hear what with you've news. Got here. The, um, First out of the dock, Aaron, uh, is our buddy uh, Doug, the 10-minute Amiga Retrocast, put out a video this week extolling the virtues of the Amiga 3000. Now, Aaron, uh, do you, did you have much experience with the Amiga 3000 back in the day? I owned one, briefly. Okay. Uh, uh, and, uh, did, I mean, briefly. Uh, the uh, truth of the matter is, I never. I, I've looked at these in magazines and stuff, and I was like, "Boy, I'd like to get me one of those." Oh, I'd like to also rob a bank because mm-hmm. I didn't have that. There's nowhere in this. I wasn't in the same hemisphere, stratosphere, as the ability to own one of these. Uh, but in terms of use, extremely limited. I, I learned a lot from Doug's video that I didn't know. Uh, to be honest with you, I mean, I can understand why these are popular. He mocked. He uh, he very. He really hates the way the Amiga 2000 looks. It's big, bulky. 
you know, see that's that philosophy has changed, if I may. Uh, when I was when I was younger, man, uh, when PCs were coming out, we wanted the biggest, <laughs> beefiest, heavy metalist cases. I've told you about uh, uh, Chad's, mm-hmm. the Chud's big, huge uh, uh, Eliminator class case that was mm-hmm. as big as the back of a truck. Right, it's like a star you know, destroyer. Uh, but that was what you wanted because you needed space to implement all your various gimmicks and cards. And all those extra drives, and the when I would look at a case like the Amiga 3000 has. Now I look at this differently today because I want more desk space, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but at the time, that was not when this game, when this, when this machine would have been out, I would have looked at this case and I'd been like, "That's too delicate, too small a case." The Amiga 2000, that's a case you can you can really you can anchor a ship with, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm going to disagree with Doug there, but everything else he said was I think it was on point. And plus, of course, I. It's not a video about an Amiga without bad-mouthed Commodore for another dumb move that they made when they put the 4000 out and they sort of like uh, like made it not as good as what they had. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, way, this so. uh, yeah, I, I've got to say that I was already a fan of the way that the 3000 looked because it, did, it just looks different. You know, it, yeah. it's a different-looking pizza box design. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, but what really won me over was that this was really the last time that Commodore put out a big box Amiga that wasn't a complete disaster. I mean, the 4000 was just such a failure on a number of levels. I mean, it didn't live up to the chipset that was promised. It didn't come with a CD-ROM. You know, there, there were tons and tons of corners cut on the 4000. It seems like the 3000 was the last time that everybody at Commodore could rally behind something that had the potential to be cutting edge. I think you're dead on, Boat. I, th- I mean, there was a lot of stuff in there that made a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shame. Of course, listen, what's, it's, the, it's the, uh, it, the trademark, the hallmark of a dying company. It's when, they, they're, they get, when, you, when the wheels start coming off, that's when dumb decisions get made to save money. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you cost yourself uh, in the end. And, uh, you know, put it down, another another failing. Yeah. But it was interesting. I learned a lot from this video. I'd say I learned quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, just think about... I not got the fool with them, you know. Just think about how, you know, this thing came out, I think, in 1990 or 91, something like that. If they would have shipped a CD-ROM in this thing and been really at the head of the curve, uh, yeah. it, it would have made, I mean, it could have made a huge difference. So uh, I am, uh, I, I wouldn't say that I'm in the market for a 3000, but if one would happen into my life... It's- uh, I wouldn't kick it to the curb. I wouldn't. Have, I thought you were out of done with original hardware. No, just... I'm going to play original hardware till the cows come home. I'm just not going to stream it anymore. Oh, I see. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I, I personally would not. I mean, if someone said, "Here, have this Amiga 3000," I'd take it or a 4000. But I'm perfectly satiated and satisfied. I probably wouldn't take a 4000. I'd give the 4000 yeah. the elbow drop off the top rope. Why is that, Bode? It's AJA. It's no good. Well, I mean, I don't let AGA in my stuff house. Too, it's, it's got nothing else. You made a guest appearance in one of Doug's videos uh, as you badmouth AGA. That, <laughs> it, how do you feel about being the poster boy for hating AGA? I feel great about it because I'm leading the charge for the truth. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Next up on the news, let's talk about this video from our buddy. Not really. He will never talk to us. LGR, Clint. <laughs> He's talked to us before. He's a good guy. Um, <laughs> so he is uh, get, setting up his new Amiga build in a Checkmate case. Uh, if he, I think from his first video, he had, this is this is what makes LGR different than us. He's like, out of my several PAL A1200s, I cobbled together a working unit. 
And he had these, I've got this oh eight million sitting around. I'll just I'll put that in there too. It's right. like, are you kidding me? Well, he's the man. Have you seen all the stuff he gets every month? He gets tons of stuff. I had to laugh when this came on because I uh I I I watch I'll 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 watch his stuff, I always enjoy it. And he's very smooth and every, he's very good at what he does. And this is one of the rare times where you see Clint go into something and just get stifled at every turn. He he wanted to install a new workbench. He couldn't get that to work. He couldn't get stuff to line up in the case. When he got that done, he couldn't get the uh, cards to work right. He couldn't get his joystick to work. He, he couldn't capture the video. He was having all kinds of trouble with this thing. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we've been doing this for a while now. And, and As we were just discussing, ironically, uh, having trouble with the Amiga is just what happens. I, it's funny. I, I was listening. I was listening to videos at work today, and my Unamiga build video came on, and I said something. I had to laugh at my own my own words uh, when when it when it came up. And and what it was was how happy I was to have the Unamiga because anyone that knows anything about the Amiga knows there is no correct build. There is no Amiga that's going to run everything every time, and there is no uh, magic formula. To make your life easier, just that's part of it. Mm -hmm. When you're an Amiga owner and you're doing a lot of crazy stuff, life is pain. Yeah, you just have to deal with it. Uh, so I, I felt for him as he struggled through this, but he is a trooper, and it, everything turned out fairly good for him. And eventually, he even got the joystick working too. So not too bad. It was an interesting video, that's for sure. Yeah, I thought it was neat how he used that analog stick for the the flight sims and stuff. So well, eventually, eventually, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on down the line, Aaron, uh, let's talk about something. This is this might be one of the biggest news stories of the week. Uh, Stephen Jones is back with a brand new product, the Ami Hybrid System. I wouldn't even call this a product. It's not. This no. is a this is a piece of software that, uh, and I'm going to try and explain this. And you you can stop me when I say something wrong. Okay. This okay. this this allows you to. Um, to have a multi-operating system uh, parallels between Linux and uh, Amiga OS, where you can move, you can open up uh, a Linux and Amiga uh, applications side by side. You can copy and paste text, code, etc., from one program to another, and this will allow you to achieve great and wonderful things on your Raspberry Pi. Right, yeah, I think you nailed most of it. It's funny. We've had to understand this by committee because I'll, I'll watch, I think I was one of the first people in, our, in Discord to sit down and watch this because I watched it right, I happened to be there right when it came on. Mm -hmm. And I watched the whole thing. It's an hour and some odd minutes. And then I watched it and I noticed, uh, and I was like, so I was like, you know, I watched this. I think I know what's happening, but I'm going to send uh, Tenmark a note here who because Tenmark speaks the language of this goblin. Absolutely, goose. yeah. I was like, Doug. Am I get, do I have this right? And he's like, yeah, that's it. And you pretty much nailed it. This is a, what this is, is and it's built off of a, of a similar a similar program or ability that sort of allows us now. But in essence, what, what Steven's got going here is a, is a, uh, a front, is a, is a way to load Amy Berry onto a Raspberry Pi and then run s some Linux, uh, programs uh, sort of from your simulated Amiga desktop and he runs uh, 
a media player and he runs Chromium, a couple stuff, things like that. He's had, and the ability to move text around with a cut and paste. Uh, he tries to run some games. He much like Clint, he did not have a perfect run. He had some issues uh, with things not working exactly as planned. And of course, this is still being in the uh, in the uh, build phase here of this. Uh, I was under the impression that when he announced Amy Hybrid, I thought this was a product that would be coming out, uh, and uh, you know, like a, a, a hardware product, mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. like you know, sort of like what he just finished up. And I thought maybe, listen, I was pie in the sky, and I thought to myself, man, maybe he's going to come up with some sort of uh, hardware card on a that you can stick in your PC, or maybe it's a sort of like a really advanced bridge board that has like modern PC capabilities you can install in a, in a on a Zorro slot, like that. But it was none of that stuff. Uh, it's not a, uh, as, as, as far as I can tell, it's not a pay product. Uh, yeah, a, I, I guess he is he is soliciting support, monetary support through his Patreon account. Right. But this this will be a free product. And I think he does have plans to build to do some hardware. Uh, like he showed a a, a port, uh, um, like some sort of like a port replicator for the for the Raspberry Pi, so you could put it in a in a, in a uh, one of his cases, yeah, you know, had that going on, mm-hmm. and so I assume there's going to be some hardware he's going to sell in, that involves this. But from what I could tell, what he did was he took. Remember when we used to use Amy Kit back in the day? He uh, took, yeah. He took that. He he he. Uh, they run it with Amy in conjunction with Amy Berry plus this Linux ability, and that's what you've got now. It's not a bad thing it, because what he says is true. Uh, this is going to run rings around any Amiga, even in a, it, with the exception of a Vampire, uh, because it's you're running a much more modern, you know, a, a modern uh, bit of technology in here. So, but of course, you could sort of, with the exception of the Linux stuff. I mean, you could you could go get Amiberry right now. I will say he's working hand in glove with the guy that makes Amiberry, and so he's getting. He's being able to get this guy to implement things into Amy Bear that he wants to to work with what he's attempting to do. Now, listen, I, before it all comes down, I don't want people to think that I know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to explain this the best I can. And I'm sure that someone with a lot more jack, a lot more street cred, can tell you all the awesome stuff that this will allow you to do. But it sort of went over my head. That's all I could get out of a boat. Yeah, well, I think that, yeah, like you said, we've explained this to the best of our abilities. Uh- yeah. <laughs> Listen, Stephen Joe, he's got a lot of credibility, Boat. Yeah, he does. Uh, so yeah, he, he does. I, if he's saying this is the bomb, I just assume that I'm too stupid to understand the bomb. Right. But yeah, looks good. We've got a new uh, video up from the Guru Meditation YouTube channel. Amiga Bill has released uh, some new footage of Pito, uh, P, uh, Petro Tushchenko. I am not exactly sure how to pronounce that. Um, And uh, he is the former head of Amiga Technologies and Amiga International. Uh, This is, uh, there was a 2001 roast uh, that was held and he was invited to speak. And he is talking about his time at Commodore, the ESCOM buyout, and his time at Amiga before handing control of Amiga over to Bill McEwen. So uh, if you are at all interested in Amiga history and want to hear it directly from the man himself, uh, I guess uh, I'm not sure where where Bill uncovered this rare footage from, but it is pretty cool that he was able to dig this out and put it online. I will say this, Boat. I haven't watched this yet. Uh, I, I just saw it. Come, I just saw it the other day. But this guy is a fancy boy. He's got quite a lapel there. He I mean, does. He's got, he, he's either got like a bunch of those like uh, New Orleans style beads mm-hmm. on, or that he or he bedazzled the heck. I out think of his that collars. came with the tuxedo, actually. Yeah. 
That's have you ever gotten to wear anything that uh, fancy, Bo? I've never been roasted before. I think that if you get roasted, that's what they that's what you wear. It's like your Man, uniform. We need to have a roast for you, Bo. I've got material. <laughs> you know, I'm a big Don Rickles fan, mm -hmm. and I watched all those old celebrity roasts for Dean Martin. I would love <laughs> I would love to take a crack at you. You'd have to wear something like that though, where I'm not interested. We'll, we'll put that on the schedule at uh, AmigaCon West Virginia 2021. Yeah, the boat roast. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> All right. Next up is, look at this thing, Aaron. This is an Amiga tattoo. With some Galaga mixed in. What do you think about that? Um, it's it it's intricate. It, yeah. I mean, listen, I'm not a big tattoo guy. I was going to say, where do you stand on tattoos in general? It's funny. You're the second person to ask me that today. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, because the our our front desk chick's got a bunch of tattoos. She's mm. like, "Do you have any tattoos?" And I'm like, "No." And she's like, "Why not?" I was like, "Well, I'm afraid of needles," which is mm -hmm. true. But mm -hmm. also, I, just, I never would spend the money. And also, what am I gonna do? Enhance my body with tattoos? Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, I just get my face tattooed. But I mean, this looks great. If you're into tattoos and you're into the Amiga and you're into Galaga, then this is your. And I, I'm guessing there was a sixty-eight thousand chip on their boat. Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's some sort of a Moss Commodore chip, sixty-five eighty-one is what it I says on the thing. I can only hope, boat, that whenever they tattooed this on this guy's arm, that the artist observed polarity. That's the only thing I can hope. <laughs> Key the uh, that pen wanna, first. The last yeah. thing you want to do is have this thing inserted incorrectly. You get magic it's, smoke coming out of your arm. It's no good. That would be yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next, Aaron, is the fastest Amiga CD32 ever. This comes to us from <laughs> the one and only Ravi Abbott. Yes. And uh, this is uh, the TF360 prototype. Now, have you had a chance to watch this one yet, Aaron? I did watch this okay. boat. I watched this in its entirety. Tell me about it, because I've not yet watched it. Well, boat, I mean boat. Uh, Ravi, yes. Ravi has connections, boat. Yes, right? that's true. He's way more connected than me or you. Mm-hmm. We don't have any connections. We're not no. even connected to each other. <laughs> uh, and so Ravi got this prototype and then somehow sourced himself an 060. Good luck, pal. Right, right. Because I've seen other videos where, get, I mean, I don't know if you saw that one video that was out a couple weeks ago where the guy had bought all those 060s. They were all counterfeit or they were all the wrong yeah. version. Yeah, oh my Because gosh. you have to get the right version of these things. If you get the wrong version, it's crap. Mm -hmm. Everything's crap. If it's got the, if it's like the, if it doesn't have a B or an A in the in the name, then you don't have the FPU or whatever the MMU. You're screwed. You get nothing. And so this is this is Ravi taking this 060, plugging it, uh, violently shoving it into his CD32, which has already got a bunch of crazy mods on it. He's got all the terrible fire. He's got everything stuck in this thing. And what you end up getting is the world's most jacked up CD32. He's playing videos on it. He's playing demos like 10 times the speed. He's doing it all. He Does he play Doom on it? Yes. Does he play <laughs> Quake? Of course. He does all the stuff. He plays Gloom. He plays everything on it. Uh, it's a CD32 that's jacked to the nines. Also, I like the fact that Ravi mentioned that the uh, Terrible Fire Edition gives you the ability to plug in a, 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 key, a PC keyboard. But Ravi's too cool for school because just like any other schlub that had one back in the day, Ravi's plugged in his Amiga 4000 keyboard. Oh, one of yeah. the few people on Earth that's got one of those bad boys <laughs> sitting around that they can plug into this thing because he's not going to put a PC keyboard in this thing. Mm -mm. He's created himself a, a wacky monster. Now, uh, this he says this thing is not without its limitations. The, uh, I believe he said that the CD-ROM doesn't work, ironically, mm. uh, with this thing in. 
because none of the games that had CD audio, you would get wouldn't get the audio, and he had, had some trouble capturing some of this stuff. Boy, we know how that feels. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, if you wanted to see, if you ever thought you could see Quake played on a CD32, <laughs> this is the video for you. Uh, it's very bizarre. Uh, but uh, um, I, I guess I watched this video and I thought to myself, you don't ever need one of these. I've often thought this because I don't know for me to have anything above an 020 would be a waste of that because I don't know what I would do with it exactly. Mm -hmm. But people like Robbie that do all this crazy stuff, they need all the power they can get. So I like the idea that someone decided to take and get as much power as they could cram into a CD32. So I think Robbie won. He's the clear winner of the CD32 power wars. Awesome. Awesome. And I assume this thing will come and be produced at some point. But I mean, if you're going to go out and get your own 060, good luck. Because <laughs> those are rare. This is a long form article that uh, somebody posted up on the Discord, uh, and I also saw this on Twitter. This is uh, a uh, this is called the Dork Web. This uh, this uh, this website, and it's the crash. It's called Crash and Burn: The Amiga ST Story. And a lot of this stuff, you know, we've heard before, but it's always nice to see a, a fresh take on it. You know, somebody writing an original article, and sort of the art of the long form article has been lost in the past couple of years since video has become more and more of a thing on the internet. So I was glad yeah. to see this, and I wanted to give this guy some some praise because uh, he really goes all out, and it's a very very well researched article and I enjoyed reading about the uh, the Atari side of things because obviously um, uh, you know I, I'm well familiar with the the Amiga situation throughout the 80s and the 90s but the the Atari 16-bit uh, side of things was something that I thought was was really neat to read about so if you've uh, got an afternoon and you want to read uh, a really cool article I highly suggest you check this out and of course all of these news links are in the show notes underneath the YouTube channel or on the uh, in the podcast notes it's got your girl right there, front and center, too, Debbie Harry. Yeah, I posted a picture of uh, Patsy from AbFab just so you can I... see how much they look alike. <laughs> not not a bit. Not a bit do they look alike. <laughs> All right, Aaron, the last thing I want to talk about is uh, our friend Pixel Vixen over in Japan has recently put out a new Amiga 500 uh, pixel art poster. She has hand-drawn this Amiga 500 uh, and has produced this poster um, that is very attractive. It is for sale on her Redbubble site. If you just uh, search for uh, Redbubble uh, La Pixel Vixen, uh, you can find she's also a uh, an artist of the various types of manga, including the uh, piece that she did for our pixel art contest, the uh, Bubblegum Crisis uh, picture. Uh, so you can you can get all those things at her Redbubble shop. Uh, support her. She is a big uh, player in the uh, in the Amiga community. She's definitely a Romda one half fan. Yes. I see a lot of that stuff. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I saw that come up. I tell you, if you want a nice poster, bam, you're in. Mm -hmm. That's a good price too. All right, Ambler, Aaron, whatever your name is. Amblin. Good Amblin. old Amblin. That's what they call <laughs> it. Amblin Entertainment. Amigo Amblin. Um, so, uh, the Gable Train has uh, unladen its wares. It is now empty and ready to pull off into the sunset. We bid it a fond farewell as we go into this week's game, California Games. Wow, what a what a what a you are a poet, my friend. Thank Your you. Your talents are wasted on me. <laughs> you need to go out and do something. You need to run a news station or something with that <laughs> tongue ears. Let's talk about California Games, or as I like to call it, the bane of my existence for the past month. <laughs> uh, this uh, was released or escaped in 1988 
Now, this was around uh, before that boat, as mm-hmm. we both know. Uh, the Amiga was not the initial system this came out. I'm not even sure what is it. Was it C64 was the initial, I think? Uh, I'm not even sure which was the, uh, yeah, the original. I'm, I'm sure that the the C64 was the original release, I'm sure. Before we get into the particulars, let's just talk about how widespread this thing was, Bo. Because I think me and you, between the two of us, have probably played this on ten different systems over mm-hmm. the years. Uh, you had your Apple II. Did you ever play with the Apple, by the way? The no, Apple II GS? No, uh, uh, you know, Something I can tells count... me this would be good on the Apple. I don't no, know why. No, it would be that. horrible. Have you ever used an Apple II joystick? No, I've never had used one. It's the word. It's it's one of those craft. You know, it's it's like the it's like the Coco stick. So imagine really? all the fun of playing this with a non self centering analog stick. Did did no did not have a third party no. joystick developer? I mean, really? well, I'm sure that they did, but nobody ever uses them. Like you oh, have to buy adapters and stuff because there's a yeah. proprietary connection. Well, then I guess that's no good. Then anyway, I'd forgotten this got a release on the on the. I don't think I've ever played this. The Atari Twenty Six Hundred got yes. released. This I, I, in fact, in one of my streams, I played it. It is awesome. It is fantastic. Really? Yeah, it is a great uh, version of this game. Of course, the eight bits, the Atari eight bits, the Lynx, which I've played that one, the ST, the C sixty four. They've they've apparently recently they've released mobile phone. You know, uh, mm-hmm. like a Android. Version I have of this. the I have this for the Nintendo Entertainment System boxed and complete. No kidding. Yeah. Uh, the. Uh, uh, the of course DOS got a, a horrible version, which I remember playing that stinko. Uh, the Master System, the ZX uh, Spectrum. I remember having this for the Coco because that you actually got good sound on it. Uh, the one that I wanted to talk about there that I tried this week was the was the freaking uh, Genesis slash Mega Drive. Mm. You ever played that one? You know, I, it's funny because I mentioned that on my stream. I said yeah, I was under the impression that the uh, the the Master System version was probably the best, but I didn't play the Genesis version. Is the Genesis version well, is that the one to go the with? Well, I played the Master System version, but the Genesis version was blew my mind in mm. awesomeness. Yeah, why it was so aw- it was it crushed the Amiga version. Well, crushed. I mean, come on. What? Yeah, but I mean, what they, they got a lot of stuff in common. And they're very, you know, they could have, listen, they could have made it happen, is my point. Uh, anyway, it's not like the Amiga version's hideous. I'm just saying, this thing was good. I was surprised. I'm always underestimating the Genesis boat. That's why I'm trying to play some of the games on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, uh, this came on uh, two discs, uh, of course, published by Epix. Now, the developer of this on the Amiga was Westwood, which I actually I knew them. We'd actually. Yeah, they did we, Doom, didn't they? They did Doom 2. Mm-hmm, Doom 2. Uh, but the, the one I remember, they did the Battletech game, that kind of adventure game. They did the Eye of the Beholders, Hills Forest. They did a lot of D&D stuff. And they also did World Games on the Amiga, which okay. we haven't played World Games for a while, but I, I, I remember playing that one back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the people that worked on this were just that staff at Westwood, that they, and most of what I read is what they worked on. Uh, you had a graph. Uh, one of the graphics people I had also worked on SimCity 2K. So it's a pretty good credential on the Amiga. So you know the usual suspects from Westwood. There's a ton of people that worked this. I'm not going to go through them all. This is an OCS game, uh, and uh, this is your typical building off of the original game series, uh, i.e., your summer and your winter games and your and their sequels, which we were both big fans of those, aren't we, Bo? We used to yeah. play those. Quite a bit. We had to cover. Well, I don't know anymore because I used to be a fan of this game. <laughs> well, so, we, we covered Winter Games about four million yeah. years ago. I remember that. Uh, so, what is this? Well, you are uh, you take place uh, in California, and you're you are playing different events in the California Games boat. Mm-hmm. Pretty simple stuff there. Uh, what's that mean? It means you got a bunch of uh, basically mini games to, to look at. Now, 
the Amiga version of this, and you stop me when I get these out of order. We'll go through each one. But I'll just name them real quick. You, you've got your half pipe skateboard mm-hmm. boat. Then you then you move uh, into the foot bag or ha- hacky sack for if you've got the money to pay the license fee for that trademark, the hacky sack section. Then you go into your uh, surfing the surfing zone. Uh, then I believe after surfing boat is your skating. Is right, roller skating. skating. Roller skating. Then you've got your uh, BMX mm-hmm. biking, off-road biking, and then you, the whole thing comes to an end with the old flying disc. Yeah, you probably not the, the best choice license. for the final event. It's funny because that was my favorite, and I was best at that event. But we'll get. To, we'll well, I'm just saying from an excitement perspective, it's like closing it out with the frisbee. Well, listen, listen, you're gonna watch a guy drop a hacky sack 300 times. Is that what you call Probably not a good one to end with either. Yeah. Probably end with BMX because you know there's gonna be a wreck in right. that one. That's for darn right. sure or skating. So, you what? How's this game work? Well, it's again they follow the old formula. You. You can practice one event, you can you can play one event, or you can play the all the events. There you go. You can play multiple players. I think you can have up to was it six or four on this one. I didn't go all the way up, but you can have multiple players because you, you don't play at the same time. Uh, when you I like the fact that when you put your name in, you then get to pick a sponsor. I always was sponsored by Casio. Really? I remember their cheap, crappy keyboards yeah. when I was a kid. I always choose Ocean Pacific because again, why, the why California them? dream. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, it's. I, I'm assuming most of these sponsors are still around, but I don't know. It's. I remember these sponsors when I was a kid, but now I don't remember them so well. So, mm. I guess they're. I guess they're still around. Sometimes I pick Santa Cruz too because I thought that sounded cool. I think there are nine sponsors you get to pick from, but you have to pick one. So you don't mm-hmm. have a choice. That's something else. You've got to be sponsored by somebody. I wonder if they got any money from these guys. You think this is a product placement thing? You know, that's a great question. If we ever talk to the the developer, I'd love to ask him. I uh, uh, I would assume that someone paid something for something. So let's let's go through some of these events, Bo. We'll just touch on them real quick. The first event, half pipe. Uh, you are it's just exactly what it sounds like. You're on a skateboard, and you're you're trying to do tricks on the half pipe. Now I remember this being one of the first skateboard games I ever saw. Uh, to be honest with you, now mm-hmm. I didn't have a C64, so I don't know when Skater Die came out. Uh, and of course, I'd seen the uh, arcade uh, 720, but this is. I thought, man, this is a skateboard game. Pretty neat. What did you think of Half Pipe? Um, You know, each one of these events has a better version on a different system. Uh, So, you know, the the Half Pipe is way, way, way too difficult to uh, control, to land tricks effectively. You know, they should make it to where you should be able to pull off the tricks more often than not and then score you based on your variety. And a game that does this perfectly is the half pipe section on Skate or Die, where they give you a wide variety of moves, and they make them easy to pull off, and then they give you a bonus, just like in Hacky Sack. Really, half pipe should be more like Hacky Sack, where the moves are easy, and then it, the, the challenge lies in putting together a program of variety of moves. Yeah, I would uh, agree with you. I, I was different. never able to pull off any of the other moves other than the kick turn. And even with the kick turn, it took me a while, and I, could, I was never exactly sure. It was all like playing golf in real life. I'm never exactly sure what I'm doing to make it work right. Well, I you know, I, I practiced this, like I said, over the past, because we're running the um, the uh, video score challenge on the, on the Discord. And we're not running it, but we're participating in it. And uh, I wanted to not I wanted to not embarrass myself so much for that 
But this sport, this particular event drove me bananas. There were two events that I just drove me absolutely nuts, and this was one of them. I could only do the hand plant. Mm. I, I did learn how to, of course, it took me a little while to figure out, okay, how do I make my guy go faster? But I did take you know, a couple goes. But the the there's a timing involved in this, and it's it's almost like Dragon's Lair. If you're a fraction of a second off, you lose. Mm-hmm. And then what makes it worse is you have to sit there while your guy falls down, and then you've got to watch the skateboard go all the way up the ramp and come all the way. It takes an extra 15 seconds to try again. It's frustrating. You don't want to see, if you could just start it instantly over, it'd be less annoying. Well, but, yeah, and and we should, you know, I think that one of the uh, the 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 one of the worst things about this game is that it's inconsistent about how they do the timing on the events. I think across the board, they should give you a set amount of time, and whatever score you can get within that time should be your score. The whole, uh, you know, uh, with skate or die. I'm sorry, not with Skater Dad, with a half pipe. I believe that if you fall a certain number of times, it's over. I think that that's how it's done. Um, or I know I, that's the way BMX is yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's no good. That's no we'll, good. We'll get to that. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, I think I, I think you can fall three times. I think you. I think that was the limit uh, on, I think. Don't hold me to that. Uh, I've played it so many times. Uh, but... Uh, um, this event was not my favorite. I will say it looks good, and it looks like it would be awesome. It just it just wasn't awesome, mm-hmm. in my opinion. The next thing uh, that they roll out is the old foot bag. Now, we did an Amigos challenge on this years ago, uh, ran by our good buddy and put together a great video Brutal Barracuda put together for us, if you'll recall. And I think I was better at it then than I am now. My skills have deteriorated something fierce on foot bag. Uh, but... This is hacky sack. You've got a guy, kind of a dopey looking guy, and he's kicking this hacky sack around. And you're trying to just do different tricks. You can spin around. You can hit the hit the hacky sack in different ways. You can whack it with your head. You get extra points if you can get five whacks in a row, which is not as easy. I thought that wouldn't be too hard, but I had a heck of a time doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then occasionally a bird will fly by. You can whack the bird with the hacky sack. Uh, what did you think of foot bag boat? Foot bag is probably my favorite event in the game. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. It is it is the worst on the Amiga of all of the conversions that exist that I've played, uh, because it runs way too fast. I don't know why. Like your guy moves at Mach five when he when he sticks his you know when he does his various kicks and things, they happen super super fast. Even though the speed of the ball does not increase, and it just looks bad. Uh, the the scenery looks bad. It looks better on the Commodore sixty four. Um, I don't know what happened with Footbag, but they really, really botched this event. I, I, I don't think it's, it's not hor- It's playable. It's okay. It's, it's. I think it's one of the better events, frankly. Well, the, it's, uh, it's like being the world's tallest midget. Well, I'm just saying. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was okay. Again, I, I played this on a lot of other systems, and so I thought this was okay. Uh, one thing I wish you'd go ahead and just get this out of the way. The Amiga could have done much better uh, on this game in, in entirety. Then they didn't. They didn't do a great job. Well, I think that there are some events that you know, at least in the graphics department, are better than the other ones. But even in the graphics department, the footbag guy just—it doesn't look as good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially like I said, after just playing the Genesis first, it's just like a, coming back to this. It's a real letdown. But I, I like Hacky Sack. It's just, uh, uh, but I mean, you had it, this is an event where you had to where you had to practice quite a bit. Now the next event, it was the other most frustrating event for me, which was surfing. Now. I played this. I used to love the surfing event when I used to play it 
uh, back in the day. And I was pretty good at it. I could do the tricks, jumping out of the water. What you're doing in this effectively is you're you're surfing, and a, a tube of water is coming up, like the, a, a wave is building behind you. The you're curl. riding that wave. That's right, the curl. Thank you, Boat. And you can you can actually go into the curl, and they've graphically they've been very clever. You can still see your guy like through the water. It's mm-hmm. a good effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole that whole that's I'd say this is probably the best looking event. Uh, the problem I had in this one is back before I could jump up out of the water and do a turn and come back down. And that's where you get the good points. I could not land hardly anything on this uh, on this version. I don't know why. Uh, and I, so what I was reduced to doing to get my score up is to is to do lots of like spins in the water and do stuff where you get right inside well, the tube. Well, it's, it's, it's funny because every version of this game is different. In the Amiga version, it's more difficult to jump out of the water and come back on, but it's much easier to do 360s than in other versions. Like, you can I mean, pull off 360s on the on the wave, just spinning around in a circle, oh, yeah, doing a complete circle. You can do and that until like the cows come home on the Amiga. Yeah. With that, before the curl gets you. Yeah. I agree. So I, you know, surfing on the it's probably my favorite event on the Amiga, uh, the on the Amiga version of this game. I, I enjoyed being able to have a set amount of time rather than failing out for too many wrecks or whatever. Uh, yeah. You never understand how the scoring system works. It's it's a judging system. I like the judges so, screen. It's yeah, cool and the judges screen yeah. is is pretty good. Um, so yeah, the surfing gets a thumbs up from me. I like surfing. I just wish I could. I was better at it. So, I mean, I wish I knew the, tr- the, the trick to, to getting in and out of the circles. That's the most fun you could have in this game is in, in surfing. And with this part is to jump up out of the water and you could do spins and stuff if you're good enough. And I couldn't do any of that stuff. We should also mention that occasionally a dolphin will float by and there's something else that floats by. I'm trying to think what it was. Uh, in, uh, in the, sh- I don't know if it happens in this version. I don't think I ever saw it, but in the Nintendo version, when you wipe out and you're under the curl, you see Jaws's head pop up and you hear the Jaws theme come up and, <laughs> and you get eaten. Cute. I know there were two things that I saw in this, but I don't remember what the other one was. So let's talk about roller skating. Okay. An event that's angered me on every machine I've ever <laughs> played it on. And I will say this one's consistent with the other ones. Uh, you play a, a, a hot bikini girl that's roller skating down the most unkept street on earth. How this got near the beach? This is actually a realistic portrayal of like if you were on a beach up in up in Jersey, and the, the, it's where they have it taken care of the sidewalk. It's cracked. There's crud all over it, dirt and junk, and the beach is right there. It's just like man, this is a dump. That's what you're skating on with this hot chick, and your job is to jump over obstacles and uh, occasionally even duck stuff as you try to keep your chick from falling over. Uh, what did you think of this one, Boat? Uh, this one was difficult to control compared to the C64 version. Uh, the C64 version, the, the controls are very tight. I found that the, uh, the, the lady in this version seemed to move slowly, jump slowly. Um, and the scoring in this game, in this in this event, doesn't make any sense. Like some things you can hop over and get points, some things you can't. Sometimes you do that spin in the air, and I felt like sometimes you got points for it, but sometimes you didn't. Uh, I felt like it was all over the place. Uh, this game, what they should have done was instead of making this a roller skating thing, they should have made this a street a street skating event, and you move across the screen. There's an excellent game for the Nintendo called TNC Surf Designs, which is another product placement I knew, game. I knew it was coming up. I, this know, is one of my favorite game. games of all time, and um, and the 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 skating the skateboarding section uh, section of that game is excellent, and it would work great in as a roller skating event too. Um, 
I uh, this was a really a lost cause. They could have easily made this like BC's Quest for Tires, like yeah. Moon Patrol. I mean, anything yeah. like that, it would have been okay. What they ended up with was not good. I will say, I'm not the biggest fan of that of that uh, Nintendo game you mentioned, but the the skating in that it blows this away mm-hmm. by a lot better. And you're right, they missed opportunity. Listen, every version of this I've played, the roller skating has sucked. The chick is always super slow. And, and something else they'll do is occasionally they'll, when you fall down, they'll put you right in front of something that you right. can't get enough speed to get yeah. over. Mm-hmm. Also, it's where there's the sidewalk has depth. It's hard sometimes to judge where the garbage is at. And you'll be darn sure you're not going to hit it, and then you hit it. It's right. a frustrating event. Then you got to wait for her to get back up again. It's another thing. It takes a while. It's just um, not my favorite. I, yeah. And it should have been great. They dropped the ball in this one. Um, so next up, uh, and we've got to talk about this one, the old BMX course. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll tell you something. I, I, again, I haven't, pl- I haven't played this for a while, and I remember playing the BMX course back in the day and having trouble with it, and I knew that the, the controls were real wacky. And so this time around, I just went and I tried it a couple times, then I went and got the docks. you got to have the docks for this one because it also gives you the how the scoring works for some stuff. Uh, but right out of the gate, if you just put a joystick in the guy's hand and said, here, play some BMX, they would crash almost yeah. the second they picked up the joystick. It's not going to go well. What do you think about BMX? Uh, BMX is best played on the Atari 2600 version of this game. If you, I'm shocked that you've never played the 2600 version of I mean, California I may games. have, but it's, I it don't remember it. It is so much fun because your guy is super, super tiny, and you can just rocket off obstacles. It's amazing. It's so good. Uh, this game would have been okay if they would have just made it to where you can race, either give me a set amount of time or let me race to the end and see how many points I can get. I hate the fact, I think you get two or three minor wipeouts. If you attempt a front flip and land on your head, it's game over. I realize that that's realistic. However, I'm playing a freaking video game. I don't want realistic. I want to have fun. And so that really killed this event for me. I know that there's ways that you can cheese the score. They were talking about it in Discord. I never took the time to figure out what those ways are. Um, However, this is one of the better events. I did enjoy this one. Um, You can get on a run and you feel good when you're going on a run. You get up at some speed, you know. Um, So this it's one of the better events. But again, it's it's definitely flawed. This I I I think this event's middle of the pack. And I will say what I mean. To go left and right, it's up and down, for example. And if you go, if you try to hit left on a joystick, that's pop a wheelie. You mm-hmm. instantly die. You're, I mean, whoever thought this could, this is a lot like the skating. It's like, why did you overthink the controls on this? All you got to do, you've got a course that it's okay. Just make the controls fun and then let us go. Why do you have to have everything so be so stupid? Well, I don't know why, but the controls were idiotic. Now, once I got past the controls, I still wouldn't call this that much fun. It's okay. It's no it's, excite bike. I can tell you that. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's not even in the same ballpark as yeah. excite bike. But yeah, uh, graphically, it's okay. It's okay. The tricks you do on this, you get different points for different tricks. Uh, but uh, but most of the time, I was too scared to even try tricks. I, I couldn't believe I was still on the course most <laughs> of the time. Like, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, and then they they closed the games up with the old flying disc, the old frisbee. Now this is an interesting one. It combines uh, uh, like a, a golf-style power meter with uh, with a, controlling a second player that has to catch the frisbee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, I will say, I thought this one graphically was awesome. 
the there's a, they use sort yeah. of a, a parallax or a, or a multi-layered scrolling. Mm-hmm. I think this is the be- I think this is the best looking event in the game. Well, this is surfing, I, and I like I like the, when surfing where you're in the wave mm-hmm. looks nice. Uh, but the, this is a good looking event. I found this one to be the by far the easiest event to, to do well in. Mm-hmm. Uh, once you understand how the meter works, and even the meter is kind of goofy that you use the joystick to come back from the from the uh, power as opposed to using the button, which is tr- sort of traditional in golf games. That's why they did it. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, actually, it makes sense because it's like you're throwing your thingy. It's like this is the the forward motion and the, the release of the yeah, frisbee. Yeah, I didn't think of it that way. So, like, it's a primitive Wii. Right. Uh, but, and then once you throw it, of course, you're at the bottom, you've got, like, radar. And it, or, or I guess that's not really what, you've got a map, a, a miniaturized map. And so you see your guy on one side, then you see your partner, who's a stick figure, mm-hmm. on the other side. And you're, so once you release the frisbee, the guy throwing the frisbee's out. Then you're controlling his partner, and you can't see her except on the little stick figure map. And you want to get her in position to be somewhere near where the frisbee's coming down. Right now, there are really th- three or four different ways you could catch the frisbee, and each of them give you a different amount of points. You could just sort of be where the frisbee's at, and she'll just they'll sort of catch it. You could also jump for the frisbee, and you get a certain amount of points. You can leap, you could dive for the frisbee, like in the same direction the Frisbee's going to get points. Or, if you're gutsy, you get the most points by dr- jumping backwards to catch the Frisbee. Hmm. Uh, to get, to, and you can get points that way. So there's different point values. That's where you get your points. Mm-hmm. You also get points for the amount of... And I, maybe you can shed some light on this boat. You get points for the amount of time that the Frisbee's in the air. But right. I could not... I could not really... I mean, I had to to get a good throw. I just sort of always stayed in the green. Yeah, I mean I that's never, that's what you do. You, right, but it wasn't like it wasn't like say like a a javelin in track and field where you can make the thing really you can change the angle and get a radically different throw. I mean, you'll get a you'll get a radically different throw. You'll dump it on the dirt. You, you know, it, it well, sucks. I mean the, the the angle is set by the first the first uh, path of the the gauge. So the gauge right, you, going up. If you don't put it right in the green, if you take it beyond the green, your angle is going to be too high. If you get it before, your angle is going to be too low. Right, but I mean, like, say if you're playing like if you're playing like uh, a golf game, sometimes you can go over a little bit to try to get a little more behind it, maybe the or a little higher angle. But I noticed on this that there was not a lot of room for error. No. Could, there was not a lot of room for experimentation. And so what what I ended up getting was I almost always had a great throw. And when you've almost always got a great throw, it's not that tough to catch. You know, well, you, you, I, you know, I, I struggled with catching it consistently. I always seem to get a good throw, but I, I, I'd get, I'd get close. It's sort of like when I, when I play any sport, and then the ball's coming at me, or the frisbee's coming at me. I just cower in fear. So, but <laughs> that's, um, that's the way it is. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I do like, uh, I do like the flying disc event. I love the music. But da 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 this is one that uh, it's another one of my favorites. I don't like the way that your characters are modeled in the flying disc. Like your guy is like shredded. He looks like a muscular dude. There's no yeah. muscular dudes playing flying disc. There's guys look like me. They need to have somebody there. It's a little bit tubby, balding. That's the guy they should have got to, to play flying disc. Um, but um, <laughs> you know, yeah. this is a you know, it's a it's a very simple game. But I I, I like simple, so that attracted me to it. Um, it, I think it's again. I think it's a weird event to end on. Um, yeah. 
And uh, this is one that does look the best, I think, on uh, from all the systems, at least from a, uh, a scrolling viewpoint. According to Ricky DeRocher in the chat, the Genesis version does not even contain the Flying Disc game. Yeah, so. I, don't, I don't think it does. I, I I didn't go all the way through every event on that. I just played about the first three or four. No. Oh. Uh, but, but so man, really, you can't really say definitively that the Genesis version is the oh, best it, version. Yeah. I, I, even without Flying Disc, I think it's, it crushes this. Really? Like, it's, it I'll looks, have to check it, it out. It looks and sounds so good. Wow. You know, listen to this boat. I stumbled upon this when I was researching this and I was looking on wiki so get this when this was developed right the development team ended up being like an all-star cast of, of guys so the guy that originally developed the half point pipe part of the game he went on to develop the game chips challenge which is a well-regarded game mm -hmm. remember that one mm -hmm. um, the guy that designed the footbag game he was the guy that invented the technology used in Microsoft's direct X wow <laughs> no I know crazy <laughs> right so uh, this guy, Kevin Norman, is the guy that did the BMX game. He went on to found the educational science software company Norman and Globus, who made the ElectroWiz series of products, which is kind of cool. Okay. And so you had some guys in here that went on to do actual stuff. Kind of neat. Um, this was a fairly well-received game, you know, back in the day. Let's see if I, I'm not sure I actually wrote down what the uh, oh here we go yeah I thought I lost my mind for a second boat so Lemon gave this thing a 7.5 not bad um, Ace gave this a 6.30 I guess that's out of a thousand I'm not sure I don't know what Ace does then you've got Amiga Power dropped the ball on this thing or dropped the bomb on a 51 percent they just killed this thing dead uh, of course this is a later review when you, you know anytime they review these things later on they always murder them. I don't know what they wanted. They, you're reviewing a game that's like a couple years old. What right. do you expect? Why are you killing this thing? Mm -hmm. um, the One gave this a 71. CU Amiga gave it a 60. You know, and, and so I don't know what they were well, wanting. You I, know, I don't Aaron, think it's that bad. Before we before we move on to our Discord, let, I just want to hear your final thoughts on California games as a whole. Well, you know, it's funny. Look into those reviews. It's a good question. <laughs> I always, it's funny, Boat. I, I used to, when someone said, hey, what do you think of California Games? I was always like, yeah, California Games, that was awesome. What a cool game. But having gone back and played this, I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I did. And some of the events uh, made me angry, like real angry. The, I'll tell you that skateboard event and the skating and really, and the BMX too where it just, I mean, until you learn the controls, you're just like, oh, this is so stupid. Mm -hmm. And then after you learn them, you're like, why did they do that? Mm -hmm. I just think they made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. What I need to do to in closing, is I need to go back and play this on another machine that I know I played it on before and see if it's just, I don't like the Amiga well, version what or version, I don't like what, this game. What version do you think you played? I, I know I played this on the C64. I know that for a fact, because that's my buddies had the C64. Mm -hmm. So that 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 may be the version I'm used to playing. It wasn't the Amiga because I'd played this way before. I know the DOS version as well, or the the Tandy version. So I had to go back and try those. I've got this on my computer. So that sounds like a fun a fun activity for your next uh, Friday night retro stream. That may hey yeah the California Games Experience. You may mm. be on something there, Bo. Good idea. What did you think overall? I, I mean, am it's a, exactly in the same boat as you. When this game oh, came good. up on the docket. I was like, yes, yes, California games. games. Like yeah. yeah. And then I played it and I was like, oh, oh. It was it was not it was not a fun experience. And 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 what I what I came to realize is that 
I really only like to play this game on the Atari 2600. Um, you know, I only like to play, I like to play the BMX on the 2600. I like to play, I think, the surfing on the 2600. Uh, although I can't remember if the, the 2600 has surfing or not. I might be wrong about that. The surfing on the Nintendo and the flying disc on the Nintendo, and both those events are fine on the Amiga, but the BMX is just so, all the rest of the events are so frustrating. The half pipe, there's no fun there. There's no fun on the half pipe. The roller skating, there's no fun on the roller skating. The BMX, not for me, not for me. Give me the foot bag on the 2600, give me the BMX on the 2600, and give me the flying disc on the NES, and I'm good to go. But overall, this is not nearly as fun as I remember it being. You know, I think, and but I want to get your opinion on this. Listen, all the things you just uh, mentioned that weren't that good, they all had the potential graphically and they was on the framework was there to make a lot of fun out of this you know and i think this is something that does sort of plague the game series you know graphically they're always tight uh they were always the presentation was always good like everything was spot on but the control choices the complexity of the way they handled things and not just on this but even in like winter games and stuff remember how much trouble we had doing like cross-country skiing yeah. and stuff yeah. Why do they? Why was this stuff? I know they were trying to do this to simulate the difficulty, of the but it, it was a that's a big mistake. Yeah, well, I think because we uh, want to play this for fun. You a know? big we don't problem. Want a, bunch of crap. a big problem is that they were trying different things in terms of the control scheme. You know, all yeah. of these games they have, and they were trying to be creative. And I think that if you spend a lot of time, you can get okay at them. But these games are designed to be casual experiences. I mean, you can get eight players or six players in one of these games. And you know for a fact that all your buddies are not sitting at home working on ice skating in winter games or whatever. They're not going to be perfecting their skills. So you want to have a casual experience. And that's the thing that I think later, like Wii Sports or something like that, really nailed. Is that here's a thing that you can do with your buddies that you don't have to have a lot of insider knowledge or practice to do. I, I think that Wii Sports is like the pinnacle of all the games games well you know I, here's the way i look at it boat uh you could i again i think you you're probably dead on but you know i we love track and field yeah hyper sports and yep. they're not nearly as frustrating they keep it easy with the controls is and what they do it's not like they're it's not like their uh uh sports are like crummier than these i mean or or more or less complicated it's just that they took a they took a more arcadey approach, mm -hmm. and I think I overall I would enjoy an arcadey approach more than I enjoy these uh, sophisticated highfalutin controls. Absolutely. Now, when the controls get in the way of the game, that's a that means you screwed that up. Yep. That's my opinion. And the thing is, in in a game like Hypersports, for example, you can still compete for records. There's still wacky screw ups, and everybody's having a good time. But you don't have a guy. That like in the very second you start a race at BMX, you hit one joystick direction one way and you're out. <laughs> Just tip over. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's a, that's what happens, and that's or if you're surfboard and you pull down accidentally, you're all you're gone. You mm -hmm. lose a guy instantly. There should that's that's no good. So yeah, 
I don't know what I mean, but it was frustrating control-wise. Now, we should talk about, before we get into the Discord reviews, just to make sure that I don't forget, uh, we're going to talk about our High Score Challenge, uh, sponsored okay. by Hermski. Uh, we want to give a special shout-out this week to Hasifa, who devised an Olympic-style scoring system. Yes. This thing, he needs to be working for the IOC, because he knows how to, how to get all of these scores into a thing that makes sense. He's run everything through several complicated algorithms. I think machine learning was involved. And uh, he also won, so I'm sure that he rigged it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Hasita. I knew it. Congratulations for the win. Paul in second place and Chris Folds on the podium as well for third. Well, you uh, just missed the podium. I, I just man. missed it, but we want to thank uh, Frodo and Steve Rasmussen for also taking part. Remember, if you are a Discord community member, you can take part in our monthly Amigos High Score Challenges. The next one coming up, Aaron, is going to be Pac-Mania. All that. Hey, you know, before we move on to the Discord, one other thing we should mention. Ha, do you remember any events from this game's sequel, California Games 2? Hang gliding. Which, yeah, I don't remember hardly anything about uh, the Yeah, sequel. I think I rented. I knew that I've owned California Games several times in my adult life, California Games 2, but I remember renting it and being very unhappy with it. Uh, much is not nearly as good as the, the sequel to Track and Field, Track and Field 2, which was a fantastic game. Uh, but did this actually, did Track and Field 2 come out on the Amiga? I don't know. Mm. I, will, did, I will say, of course, California Games 2 was sort of a big bust. I was reading here that this game, when it came out, was like super, they sold a ton of units like across the board. Uh, it sold. They sold 300,000 300, copies of this over multiple platforms in the first nine months it was available, which that is a real good run. Yeah, it is. Uh, it got all kinds of praise. Uh, Next Generation Magazine, which I always liked that magazine, gave call, uh, said it was the number 89 on the top 100 games of all time. That's probably pushing it a little too high, I think. But it was a very popular game. And then the sequel came out in 90, and it died a death. I mean, it's still out there. Of course, they released it on a lot of stuff, but no one talks about it. I haven't played it for years, so I'm, I'm assuming I didn't like it. Mm, yeah. There you go. All right, Aaron. It's time for the Discord reviews. Get ready. I'm ready, man. All right. First up, we have, let's see, <laughs> um, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky. He says, a Herm firm 7.5 out of 10. This game still holds the test of time to this day, all the way back from the 8-bit era. California games should be a simple gaming model on paper, but in practice, it's flipping hard. You need to read, practice, read some more, and practice again to master the levels. Like with any real-life sport, you have to train putting in the time to become skillful. However, skill soon turns to luck on some events with its unpredictable precision controls. Overall, a thrilling, nostalgic game immersing you into the sports from your armchair. Frodo NL writes, This was never a game for me on any platform, but that's not the game's fault. This version looks quite good and mostly controls okay, with the exception of roller skating. 6 out of 10. Graham W. Vebke writes, Despite sales figures, this game and its sequel are easily the most boring and pointless in the Epic's game series. Surfing is okay for about five minutes, but with only one type of wave, not even variation in wave speed, it grows old fast. BMX and Halfpipe are mediocre at best, and if you like these things, there are much better games around. Flying Disc and Roller Skating are just filler events and are totally pointless. The only event that saves this game from an annihilation is Footbag. Good old Hacky Sack saves the day and is the only event that offers replayability and a skill challenge. 
four out of ten. And your grand backhand on that one, both. Yeah, he was not a fan. The grand backhand, I love it. Flack writes. Although I have very fond memories of this game, in hindsight, the overall concept is better than the execution of the events. Halfpipe, which should be the game's most fun event, is limited to three moves that are harder to pull off than riding a halfpipe in real life. <laughs> the flying disc and surfing events are boring and roller skating is just dumb. That leaves BMX and Footbag as the only two events I wanted to play for more than five minutes. I adored this game as a skateboard-loving teen. Today, I'm not sure why. Five out of ten. There it is. Flack was right there with us on that one. That's buddy. right. Jason Warrens writes, Tubular, 7 out of 10. Chris Folds writes, With the high score challenge, I put in my first serious stint with this game, taking time to learn all the sub-games. The result? A game is that is less than the sum of its parts. Like others have mentioned, some events are fillers, some lacking, and some just not fun. I'm looking at you, Disc Throw. Fun for a blast, but if I paid full price, I would feel robbed. 5.5 out of 10. Mm. Roshi writes, A soulless collection of mediocre minigames that tries to coast on its then-relevant theme. A footnote in the Encyclopedia of Multi-Event Sports Games and not especially worth revisiting in the modern era. Wow. And finally, Ricky DeRocher writes, A unique, one, a unique offshoot of the normally serious Olympic-themed game series. Like all of the Epic Games series, some events are better than others, but overall it's a fun game, especially if you can round up some friends to play with. I think that the original C64 version edges out the Amiga version slightly in terms of controls, but the Amiga version is great too. Overall, the second best in the game series, next to Winter Games. 8 out of 10. So Ricky liked it. So they were much like some of the other reviews, they were sort of all over the place. Yeah. But a lot of people had the same kind of uh, feeling we did, going back... Uh, sort of not you can't go home again on this you can't one. go home again on this one you're absolutely right mm. all right Aaron um, we do want to thank all of the fine folks that subscribe to us on twitch uh, yeah, lots of people watch us on twitch and uh, we appreciate those of you that financially support the channel uh, through Twitch, which you can either through a normal subscription or if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you can actually sub to our channel for, well, it costs you nothing and it still gives us a couple bucks. So we wanna thank the following fine, fine people. Macross the Black 2018, Frodo NL, Amiga Bill, Duncan Styles, Creepy Dead Boy, Wing Chun Wolf, Ant Jarvis, Buck Owens, Retro Jerry, The Project, Go To Go Sub, Christian Russell, Darkwing 602, Old B Sturgeon, Mitsuyama, Macintosh Librarian, La Mazda, uh, The Slow Norris, Roshi MSX, and Jugglebox. Thank you Fine guys. Folks. Thank you guys Thank so you. much for uh, supporting us on Twitch. And again, if you have supported us, uh, sub to us uh, through Amazon Prime in the past, uh, you have to reset that every month. So uh, if you want to, hop back on and just uh, resub if you would. Goofy, but it's always been goofy to me. It is goofy, yeah. it is goofy. All right, Aaron, uh, we wanna thank those of you in the chat that are watching us live right now. Um, I have closed my chat window somehow in OBS and I'm unable to see the actual All right, screen. I'm looking at the chat room. Well, yeah, take a stab at this, boat. Yeah, I absolutely do it, man. Okay, just from the bottom up, we got the Ricky DeRocher, Mitsuyama, Polyester Lynx, Brock, 101, 
Treyguard 82, Picard, Hermsky, Frodo, Wishbone, Buck Owens is here. Elf, Curtis Boyle, Pack Billy in the house. Both. Uh, we've got Cal Bird Boy, Uber Scooter Diver, Hermsky is here. Both. Uh, and I'm just keep on scrolling up. We have a ton of people. It's a good. It's a good house in here today. Bike Me is also here. Uh, Olaf Hope is here. Bomb the Base is in the house. Both. So a good crowd, good thank crowd you. today, especially with our technical difficulties Absolutely. Uh, under control. Uh, thank, thank you very much for showing up. And we do record the show uh, live. Uh, next week we're going to be live, Aaron. Are you going to be back in town? Or uh, we'll be live. Okay. Unless, unless I don't make it out of the woods in some sort of Blair Witch-related incident. <laughs> right. All right. Well, next week, Aaron, um, we are going to be playing The Lion King. Okay. The Lion okay. King. It's, uh, it's uh, you know, Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, has had quite the run. If you don't know how this works, uh, if you are a member of the Amigos Game Selection Committee, everybody gets a chance to suggest uh, whatever game they want and whatever category they want, and then the Game Selection Committee members vote. And Hermsky, a, a late addition to the, uh, to the Amiga, uh, uh, or the AGSC, has really run away with it. The past four picks have all come from his suggestions. So uh, the, his run finally comes to an end with The Lion King. I can't think of a better game to go out uh, on than The Lion King, although I've never played it before, so I could be have wrong. Have you seen the movie The Lion King, both? I haven't seen that new Abomination, but I've seen the old one. they made a new one? Oh, yeah, it's live action. It's one of those like CGI live action deals. I think really? Will I'm, Smith's the genie. I'm, it's got it's a awful. genie in it. Yeah. Uh, I thought Shazam. I thought that was a Shazam. Now that's a movie. Uh, uh, I've Shaq? never seen. I've never seen the movie or the cartoon. I've never seen any of them. Really? Oh no, man. I, mean, I know there's a big famous scene with a monkey yeah. holding up a, a gimmick of some sort, mm-hmm. like a what is that? That would be the Lion King or, himself. Oh, is that the king? Yep. And someone gets moited. Someone yep. gets dropped or mm-hmm. whatever, falls off a hill. Yeah, I mean, something. The Lion King's a good movie. I mean, it's a solid Disney flick, so I recommend it if you have the Disney Plus. Um, last week, Aaron, uh, our song, our Patreon song, was going back to the well of the uh, 60s and 70s psychedelic jam band movement. It was Casey Jones, and also I threw in a little Friend of the Devil. Uh, yeah, I did, you lost me when you did that. Well, that, yeah, that, was a, that was a tough one. Casey Jones, a little bit easier to guess. want to thank Buck Owens and Kate Fox for your correct guesses on the... Did you uh, mean to do that, or is it just did the flow come over? You're like, I'm going to switch into another song. Well, yeah, yeah sometimes I do that when I do, you know, like Casey Jones, there's really only about five notes in Casey Jones, so I had, yeah. to, I had to switch it up a little bit. <laughs> that won't be a problem with this song, though. Uh, if you know this week's Patreon song, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce your name as the winner. And we, of course, do want to thank all of our beautiful, beautiful Patreon supporters. Anybody that contributes to this show, even if, it's just, even if it's just a dollar a month, man, you're doing way more than most, and we salute you. Um, so, here we go. Cello code. Mark Byland, Olaf Hope, Hermsky, Jonah, a.k.a. Simulant. That was the intro. Now here comes the oh, verse. That, that was the, okay. Jeremy Jones, Ethan Little, Alien Breeder, Dave Velociraptor, Calbert Boy, Joel Fuchs, Lane Denson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, 
Bomb the base, Roshi, Frodo and L, Soul and Sizer, Tech Mage Jurgen, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Dennington, Zorgla, Commodore Kid, Reflection, Simon Ledge. Captain Crispy, Kilobytes, and Caffeine. 10-Minute Omega Retrocast, Bernard Quinn. Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle O'Hara, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Lairmore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Bach, Bit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Old oh, Joel the Zombie, Leaf Killand, Alan Kebab, Chekote, Level Lord John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRosha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figure CTZ, Stefan Sorgon, Mortensen, and the Hill of 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Falls, Dreamcatcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham Fepke, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's, Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul, Bossman Harrington, Dunk Duncan Styles, Tapes from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THG, Eric Nelson, him, Tommy Holmbuchad, Daniel Pixton, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wards, Pixels of Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. That was a song? That was that was an opera. It was a space opera. Is that what that was? You know, I, I think I've used this one before, but I'm going to break it out again, Bode. You're getting a bucket for Christmas, my friend. Because you cannot carry a tune. I thought I was going to die. Something. I thought I was going to have to no. kick the bucket. I thought I was going to die after listening to the last part of that. My God, you got a, you got a helium tank run up through your shirt? What the heck was that? <laughs> Let's see. They said, there's a lot of instrumental breaks that I have to cover. A lot of yeah, backbeats. Yeah, what was this, by the way? That's what's, my, what's going that, was, that was the saxophone solo. That you were singing? Yeah. Yeah, you do that sometimes. It looked weird, Boat. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I thought you were conjuring something. I might have been. Music is a, it is a magic spell. No. No. <laughs> God. All right, guys. Thanks, as always, for listening. We will see you next week for The Lion King. Until then. Adios. Adios.